This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. The Dale Jr. Download. The pits are still swarming with activity. Look at the oily dirt in the mesh in front. It's off the studio. Another action. A car goes to the guard rail and Hey, it's Dale Jr., Mike yep. Davis. What's up, Dale Jr.? <laughs> Matthew is here. What's up? Crew, Good to see you. All the original guys. We got no guests today, so it'll just be us three. Don't need them. Nope. So, Mike, do you want the good news or the bad news? I want the Uh-oh. good news. Okay. And I don't want to hear the bad news. Well, you're going to get the bad news in some part of the show. But so far, all right, the good news is yesterday was Martha Earnhardt's 88th birthday. Woo! Everybody birthday, yeah, shared a little bit on social media Ma'am yesterday, all. got her some congratulations and so forth. Not that she'll ever see it. Right. Um, she <laughs> does have, She's up on that IG. Yeah. She, does have, <laughs> she does have Facebook, and oh. uh, so she probably saw quite a bit on there. Um, she's doing well, for those who are curious, uh, healthy, and uh, sharp in the mind. Awesome. We had a lot of great uh, conversation. She got to see Isla. She got to feed Isla a little bit, because nice. me and Amy made the decision to... Isla didn't seem to want her bottle when we left the house, so we went ahead and started driving to Mamaw's, and five miles down the road, mm-hmm. she wants the bottle, and we got about a 20-minute drive, so we finally, about halfway there, I, I asked Amy if she wanted to get in the back seat. She gets back there, calms Isla down, uh, or we were about to lose our mind. <laughs> <laughs> that happened. Yeah. So, yeah, so we're that was interesting, and um, we, uh, so she got to feed Isla when we got there, and uh, my Aunt Kathy was there. She had brought Mamaw an ice cream cake, great choice for birthday cake if you you know if you're getting tired of the same old same old ice cream cake thanks Trey. never never uh fails doesn't so that, sound like that suck no ice is. cream doesn't suck you do ice cream cake wouldn't you look yeah. at me i mean is there anybody who's never had ice cream cake <laughs> i haven't and, and has was, there anybody who's never had it uh, they don't belong talking to us no i've so, had it yeah this, this one had a little like a half inch of chocolate cake material then then the ice cream and then some whip. Do you have any cookie crumbs no, like that. No. Then some, no? whi- yep, yep. then some whipped cream, I guess, on top. But it was really good. Let's see. Oh yeah. So Aunt Kathy's there, and she gets off on a tangent telling stories about Dad. Some that I, these two stories in particular that I'd never heard before. And uh, apparently, I was wearing shorts, and I got this big gash on my right knee. And Aunt Kathy's like, I don't remember that. What happened there? And I was six years old. We were living in Rainbow Apartments down in Kannapolis with my mom. Dad and mom were separated already. I was having this little disagreement or being bullied, I guess, on the playground. And so I ran, I was running back to my apartment uh, or our apartment, toward our apartment. And, you know, six years old and I fell in the grass and in right where the, you know, in this big grassy area, uh, right where I fell down, um, I felt something on my knee and I rolled over and my knee is wide open. Mm. Like just, and it's like a five inch long by one inch wide open gnarly hole and i mean i could see some white bone or you know and my bone what i saw i think it was bone it looked like styrofoam kind of it's kind of weird i just remember these images right you never forget if you ever lived on a lake you know what white styrofoam looks like oh yeah is this oh. the good news still? No. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is, this is the good news. Because <laughs> this sorry. is not good news. He's so waiting far. for that bad news. <laughs> so, anyhow, anyhow, the whole point of this is, this is a long story. It was, an, it was a brick that had broken in half that was just laying in the grass, and the grass was tall enough, and it couldn't, you know, I never, I didn't even know the brick was there. I just fell down and leaned over, and I fell on the brick. Crazy. The, the busted end of the brick, right? You won the lottery out of that hole. Exactly. Like, it's random <laughs> as hell. You. So I run up to the house. Mama's in there. She's freaking out. Um, she was dating uh, this guy, and his dad was a family doctor. Family practice, you know, got a flu, got a cold, get, you know, yeah. need testing shots, something like that. Yeah. We, we go there. We ain't got no money. So she takes, she calls her boyfriend. He's like, hey, I, you know, I'll call my dad, meet us over there. We'll slow him up. So. I went over there, and they laid me on a table, and the guy didn't have anything to numb it. Uh, and he had the, you know, so he has the hook in his hand, you know, ew. and they had to stitch it up without numbing it. And um, that, and, the, and this big five-inch long by one-inch gash in my leg, how many stitches do you think you would get for that in today's 
Uh, I don't know. Uh, like, uh, like 20, 30. Yeah, I got I don't five know. stitches in what? that. That's not keeping nothing. Was he stitching it with rope? And it's, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, right. It's, the, it's this really wide. <laughs> yarn. It's this really, it's a really wide uh, scar because it was terribly. You're all right. You're an earner. It was terribly done as far as him tying it up. But they, this guy. Uh, sewed it up and put a big old band-aid on it and I wore a band-aid for a while and it eventually healed. So this was really like a block or two from Mamaw's house and I was telling Aunt Kathy, I said, that's where that scar come from. She goes, I remember your dad. He almost cut his finger all the way off on a gear, on a go-kart, chain gear. His uh, finger went in the, you know, in the gear with the mm-hmm. chain, right? So like, uh, so he, he almost cuts his finger. He comes into the house and Aunt Kay, his sister Kay, He's like, what's going on? He's like, I cut my finger off almost. And she goes, I don't believe it. And he opens up the ban- the, the rag and blood's going everywhere. And she's like, oh, my. And so so they took him to the doctor to get it sewed up. And he refused the needle because he did not, He never liked needles, right? Oh, Dale Earnhardt did not like needles. I suppose he didn't. I mean, not many kids do it 12 years old. You're so. right. Yeah, but the yeah, alternative. But, you know. So they and they uh, like four him his two of his sisters and a couple other people had to hold him down while they stitched up. Oh his, yeah, stitch his finger back on. <laughs> so that was one story she told me that I didn't know, I had never heard before. Right. And then the other one was she was there was a, another woman at my mom's house yesterday and they were talking about Weinkoff, which is an old school that's no longer yeah. around. Dad went to that school and I've bought some of the yearbooks off of eBay that Dad's in. You know. And he wasn't in school till the eighth grade, so there's not many yearbooks with Dale Earnhardt in them. Okay, yeah. And uh, he quit school at 16 years old at, in the eighth grade. And so he done failed so many times, he finally gave up. He was 16 years old in the 16, eighth grade? 16 years old the, in the eighth grade and quit. All right. Yeah, right. So he failed a lot. Yeah, it's, it's it get to the point where quit. it was just almost embarrassing, I guess. Yeah. So anyhow, when he went to the first grade, uh, he, he has uh, Kay, his, his sister. sister, and Kathy, right, so... And uh, so he goes, he's going to the first grade, and he's, Kay's like, all right, you going in this classroom? And he's like, starts crying. He's like, I ain't going. I don't want to go. Don't, no, 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 no. And he's crying and crying and crying. And she's like, all right. he's like, I'm going with you. And she's like, all right, fine, whatever. So she, he goes to her class mm. for uh, two weeks. Two weeks? Yeah. Did anybody notice? Well, that's what. <laughs> that's the, that's the <laughs> point of the story, yeah. right? I guess he was able to do this for and two weeks. finally. Uh, his teacher came to get him, and he bit her oh, as they were as trying you to. Do. As you as do, as they were trying to take him out of the classroom, he bites her on the arm. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> now, I didn't get any more details after that. But, but that's all right. That you, I kind of want to know the rest yeah, of that no, one. No, no. Yeah. When, when you end up, you know, skipping your class and then biting the teacher, that's a good. That's a good climactic story right there. I think that's for <laughs> Dale Earnhardt. Even yeah, yeah. bite the teacher, first grader. So, yeah. So is that the good news? That's that, the good news. Th- that the we got to hear those stories. The good news was really Mamaw's birthday. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and that we, we went over there to visit her, and Amy's, um, I'll tell the whole truth here. So years ago, I wouldn't have went over there, right? So now that I'm married, Amy's like very, I love my family, don't get me wrong, but as, you know, as a lot of sons and grandsons do, they don't uh, hold up their end of the bargain, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Preoccupied, yeah. you get busy, you get tied up. And so Amy's, you know, hey, we need to go over there. We got to go. It's her birthday. We're going. Yeah. So middle of the afternoon went over there. We had a great time, and I'm glad we did. It's fun walking around that house. That's the original house, you know, that Ralph lived in. Got uh, his shop out back got still. Got shop out back, yes. Awesome. Uh, and I played there many, many years as a kid. So it's always fun walking around in there and just looking out in the yard and seeing how it's changed and everything. But that's the good news. Well, what's the bad news? Well, the bad news really is, so did y'all see, so Jeff Gluck has this, uh, was it a good race post? I saw that. All right. Yeah, I mean, the results aren't good for Kentucky this weekend. That's okay. bad news. Well, but you know what was? The broadcast. It was real good. The broadcast was good? I thought so. Yeah. Listen, you know, I wondered, you know, you had a couple good, nice little pieces of gold for races the first two weeks. Yeah. What was it going to be like when the race wasn't that great? And yeah. you got you got your yeah. you got your uh your your other end of the spectrum. Yeah, I was really worried about it because um, you know, judging by the last year's Kentucky race was 27% yes. Thought it was a good race. Okay, yeah. And uh, I know this is not a, you know, this is not a thorough poll. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's a poll. It's a sample. On Twitter, it's, it's a sample. Yeah, right. That's what I mean. Right. The Smithsonian yeah. isn't using it for anything. But we're, it's, 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 it's unofficial. And I know that a lot of people might not think that it's 
uh, you know, a lot of people might, you know, like Steve O'Donnell's tweeted, you know, tweeted to the poll at times, like, is this necessary? You know, right. you know, things like that. So I know it's not f- in favor f- right. for a lot of people, but I've found it very interesting and at times voted. So, <laughs> um, you know, so I look at that and I, you know, I know Twitter's, you know, at times mostly, sometimes more negative than positive. Grumpy. Grumpy. Yeah. And I tend to do that myself. I'm as guilty as the next guy about going on there and like, I got to complain about something. And this is where it happens. You know, I'm going in here and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell everybody. I'm Here's my like, soapbox. Yep. So I do that too. But I do pay attention to this poll. I, I don't, you know, it makes me wonder, like, yeah, we did have two great races. We understand and it's wide, it's wide knowledge in the industry that the surface that we have at Chicago, it produces great racing. Um, it has that potential, and that's sort of the the preferred style of grip and 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 width of groove and all those things. And so when we go to Kentucky, I was really concerned that we were going to have a tough one. Well, we have the Xfinity race the night before, and it turns out to be really a, an exciting race. You know, a really entertaining race. Not by not even having to stretch the truth there. It was a good race. Um, I got up uh, Saturday morning and with you know, with some confidence that maybe we were going to see a great race like we saw the night before with the Xfinity. But, you know, sometimes guys are going to dominate. A, you know, Truex had dominated that race the year before. I think he had like a 12, 13-second lead at one mm-hmm. point, one by 13 seconds or something like that. So, understandably, that's why that pole maybe wasn't good last year. There were some parts of the race Saturday night that I thought were entertaining and that were, you know, keeping up with everybody's expectations, mine included. Now, the end didn't provide much fireworks. no. But that's okay. I mean, sometimes races are going to feel that way. And I'm not trying to talk. I'm not trying to backtrack here. But I guess the one thing I'm curious about is we can't. I worry about going back to Kentucky next year and doing the same thing. Exactly. That's it. That's all. The same thing as in what? Like package? uh, No, I mean, I'm not saying package. Okay. I'm just saying having the same result, having the same reaction. Like how many times can you keep going? Can we do something? And doing the though, same. That's the that's the qu- obvious question is what can we yeah. do to you know whether it's track prep, which I was paying attention to that a lot. This yeah, week. there was no there was a there was a yep there was some use of the tire dragon. I don't know if there's a different thing you can do with the tire dragon that no. would make well, a they, difference. They drug they did drag in the bottom. They did drag in the weekend. bottom, and I'm not sure dragging the bottom's necessary because the, the the teams will do that, you know. But the one thing about the tire dragon. And dragging the bottom, um, it does improve durability for the tire, and it does also, I think, affect how the tire takes heat. And if we go to a a repave and don't use the tire dragon, the risk of having a tire failure because of heat on the inside corner of the right front goes up, right? Well, the tire dragon can bring that risk level down a little bit. There's no measurement. There's no scientific bit data behind all this. It's my opinion. So at times, I think using the tire dragon in the groove is helpful. But if it's not necessary, if it's not, if you're only using the tire dragon really to create a groove, you know, if that's the only purpose of the application, then I wouldn't, I would only create the outside groove because the teams will work that bottom in. There's no doubt about it. They're going to run that bottom and put that rubber down themselves. If you have X amount of hours to tire dragon, you know, tire dragon, the outside groove and the third groove where the guys aren't going to run in practice at all, hardly ever, Boom. you know, and try to get as much of a groove worked in before the, you know, because they're not going to do that till the race really starts. Xfinity guys did it quite a bit. So that's one thing about the tire dragon. Also, you know, there people are going to wonder about the, uh, Put down the what are they, I don't even what to call it these days PJ one or whatever C three PO yeah whatever PHT. it is that sticky stuff so yeah. I don't think you use that on a mile and a half I just don't think that that's... they're going to use it this weekend <sighs> well but, but, but look I got to stop us though yeah I, if we reach a point where we have to care about tire dragons and sticky stuff being applied let the track workers do that I don't rightly care if you can't appreciate a butt whooping every now and again no I get you there th- but th- this was a butt I want a better race and I, I got it I understand but like they're in baseball and in football there are just from time to time, ass whoopers. Ten and nothing games. No, in no other sport do people sit there and scrutinize that <laughs> the way the chalk was and what we could do to better the game. Sometimes people get run ruled. Yeah. Some people, You're, and I'm just sick of this. I, the tire dragon stuff. 
if I can't apply it to my daily life, I rightly don't give a crap about it in, in, in talking racing. Because tire dragging doesn't apply to anybody outside of racers, which you two are. I'm not. I, was just I don't watching care where they drag <laughs> dragons and tires. I, I know you don't, and, and, and I understand that. And I, you don't have to and don't need to know what it's about and all that stuff. But, you know, track prep and... and, and the influence that can have on how what kind of I mean that's important to to dirt racing that's important to to drag racing I know I know it is um and so I don't I, and, it, and it's an option it's yep. not something that needs to be done everywhere mm-hmm. but if it can if it can help the outside groove come in sooner I want it you know I want it to be done I I, I, I know that but yeah. if it makes if that becomes the storyline that the fans have to therefore no. hear about that's the problem I, I, I'm going to, one, assume it's important, and two, assume it happens at every race for everybody to do because that is important. I just don't think if that's what we end up talking about rather than the domination of a, of a, of a driver like Truex, the, it's, the polls will always show negativity that way. I get you. Nobody will ever think the race is good if, if tire dragons and C-3PO's and, yeah. and peanut butter and jellies are what we're applying to the track to make the racing better. I, it's I just, get you. You're going to always have butt whoopings. I get you, but, you know, and I know this is, might not be your opinion or your opinion. It's just my opinion. I think there's certain things in track prep that we've been doing wrong. And I think if we did them better, we could produce a better race at a place that doesn't exactly have the greatest racing surface right now because of repave to help things out. You know, and still, the butt whipping might happen, yeah. even if we got a two-groove track. But I while I was watching an Xfinity race, and those drivers made that a good race, the race surface didn't. That yeah. race surface could have been better, and that race could have been even better than what it was yeah. if they had more than – I mean, you could barely step out of that groove. It was not. Yeah. That, just I mean, my opinion. They're, uh, talking to Parker Klingerman at the truck, he said the gray was like ice. Yeah. He said it was unlike anything that he'd ever seen since before as far as just being out of the groove – the grip level was extremely low. So I wonder if some of the lime application to try to age the track, as you can see, that track is grayed really quickly since it's been repaved. And they tried to, I think they've tried to accelerate the aging of the track has an adverse effect. But I'm not sure that, you know, we need to even mention the word package. I think this track is going to be great. Oh, it will be. Yeah. yeah. This track is going to be great. It will. But I think that maybe they could look, they could talk to the drivers and get some advice on how to use that tire dragon differently. If there's other ways that drivers would prefer to be used. Um, the Kentucky uh, track person didn't listen last year yeah. when they talked about it. And and that was a, a source of contention. Oh, yeah. There. It was very uh, sensitive. And and Dale Jr. did not miss the opportunity to tweet <laughs> about those. Yeah, the tweeting about it. Was, <laughs> that failure to listen. Yeah, there was some, gear, there was some gears grinding there between yeah. the drivers and the, the track about how it should be done and so forth. So Well, hey, I got good news. What is it? Oh, and, and even better news, which one do you want? I'll take the the, the better news? news, not the best news. I'll save. Actually, I, I I'll I save did. the dessert. Actually, last. my news is just awesome. Okay, <laughs> yeah, but all all of it's awesome. I think it's just okay. all awesome. Dillner, would you agree that the news that we have for Dale is awesome? I'm. I gotta I, be honest with you. I'm, it, I'm giddy. I know, man. We're gonna we're build this up like it's a we're movie a trailer here. Listen, we have somebody <laughs> here. Uh, you have got into the vintage T-shirt game. Oh, you've ratcheted it up. You even last week went and made a purchase or ten. <laughs> uh, to, to, to bring your vintage T-shirt game up. Well, then you tweeted something that said, well, this is why I'm into the vintage T-shirt game. Yeah. And you tweeted a picture of this T-shirt, this elusive T-shirt. What yeah. was it? So there was a T-shirt that was made. Uh, it says 1979 Rookie of the Year. My dad, I don't you know, it's, it's got dad on it, and there's not many of them around. I, had, uh, I have one or two at the house, but they're Amy's size, and I don't have <laughs> one that fits me. So, And like a 1980 large it isn't going to fit me no. it's going to need to be like an extra large so I, i'm i'm like a 19 to 21 inches pit to pit isn't that weird that i even know that it is it is yeah. I mean, we'll talk about the awkwardness of that fact later <laughs> but in the studio somebody named miss connie goodman has come by and she has this shirt how you doing welcome here why don't oh. you put on a headset <laughs> Yeah, let's give her a headset after the hug. Always got to get the hug. Connie is from uh, Connie and Rick are huge fans, and they, they've been. Uh, it's Connie throwing that headset. They've known right their Earnhardt family for a long time. They're from Kannapolis, North Carolina, and they have quite a collection of things. Miss Connie, welcome to our studio. And uh, you wanted to meet Dale Jr., right? Well, I wanted to see him again. See him again. Yeah. You met him. Oh, uh, my first meeting with you. You were about four years old. Yeah. 
and we played race cars in your bedroom. <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> I believe it because I was playing race cars every day back then. Yeah, he uh, invited me into his bedroom to play race cars. Oh, wow, that's nice. He probably ended up with a gash on his leg. <laughs> yeah. you know, he's kind of injury prone back then. I heard so that. you brought something. Let's see this. What is it you brought? Oh, yeah. 1979 Rookie of that's the Year. It. Is that it? Yeah, that's the shirt. That is the that is the the one that you have been after? Yeah, this is it. Brand new. Brand new, still in the bag. Wow. So how do you have a how brand new it? one of these? Yes, Ms. I want to know Please this. Please tell us. Well, we followed your dad's career. And once he got the, you know, won the rookie, we bought the souvenirs. And I thought, well, I'm going to buy one that we've worn. I've got it with me. And I thought, no, I'm going to keep one because he's going to be very famous one day. Mm. <laughs> Just knew it. Just knew it. Had heard he bit his first grade teacher like, that guy's <laughs> going to be famous one day. Well, he started out at the dirt track at Concord. Yep. Driving for uh, James Miller, mm-hmm. who is my cousin. Oh, wow. <laughs> yep. So, uh, in fact, my dad helped work on that car some. So, uh, like I said, I followed the career from day one. That's awesome. So, you've seen it all from uh, from the dirt tracks at Concord all the way through his first several years in Cup. and Right. I bet you have some pretty cool stuff. Uh, we she do. She brought some. Yeah. We brought some. <laughs> she did. But l- let me ask you about this shirt. So, you hung on to this shirt. Yes. Uh, why did, did How did you hear that Dale Jr. was uh, after this? Friday morning, I... I always go on Twitter, yeah. and I'm going down through Twitter, and all of a sudden, there's the shirt looking at me. And I said, wow. And so I picked up the telephone, and I text Aunt Kathy. <laughs> I said, Aunt Kathy, I said, uh, I have a shirt that I think somebody's wanting. I said, call me. Within 15 minutes, I had a phone call. Wow. She, she's, she's pretty prompt. On pretty that. prompt. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. She, she says, uh, what do you want for it? I said, Kathy, you know I don't know how to put a price on things. And we talked a little bit. I said, I know the perfect price. I want to sit down to see Dale again. It's been years with his racing. We never got to connect. I've seen you a couple of times. I've talked to you. I know my son said, well, he don't remember your mom. I said, he'll rub my face when you see me. You remember seeing me around. I said, it would be just, I said, that'd be payment enough for me to sit down and talk to Dale for a little bit. Awesome. Wow. That's impressive. I, we got to see what else you got. You can just move in with him for the week, and we'll see what else we can oh, kind of T-shirt game is up. It would be it would be a week. Let's let's see. You brought a couple other things that All we right, want to see. I have a question, sure. Mr. Junior. Mm-hmm. When did your dad win his first short track asphalt race? Ever? Ever? My gosh. Oh. And what racetrack? First short track asphalt might have been. Huh. I'm gonna guess. Well, it'll be 44 years, July 19th. Maybe Hickory. Nope, that's the second. Yeah. That was on Saturday. <laughs> he won on Friday first. Maybe in And um, it was, I looked up the date. South Carolina. No, 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 no. I looked nope. up the date before we left home, and it's July 19th of 1974. He won at this racetrack. Oh, yeah. Metro Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, look at wow. that shirt. Dude, wow. hold that up. Yeah. That is just awesome. Dillner loves this. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> that is so cool. Metro Lina. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they paved. Metrolina was a dirt track originally, exactly. and they paved it just uh, for one season? or No, it was a couple of seasons. Couple seasons. Ned, Ned Jarrett promoted, Yep. and it was a Friday night, and your dad won that race. And he uh, he begged us to go to uh, Hickory the next night, but we didn't do things like that then. And so <laughs> yeah. we, we had our routine. We went to Metrolina on Friday and went to Concord on Saturday. <laughs> so we went on to Concord on Saturday, and be danged if he didn't win again on Saturday. Wow. But that was in 1974. Wow, he's having a good week. The year he was born. Right. Yeah. Right on. I got, there you go. I saw a picture. Somebody sent me a picture the other day of Dad crossing the finish line at a paved Metrolina Speedway in 1974, one month after I was born, or either one month before. But I think it was in November. So right around the end of that year, it's a picture from the flag stand, and the flagman's waving the flag, and Dad's car is going underneath. Right. And um, he's in an old... Uh, must have been Chevelle or something. 64. 64 Chevelle. Chevelle. She's, like, <laughs> she, she's like the rain man for Dale Earnhardt great. trivia. I mean. Well, that one I went to court over. Remember, I had to go to court over that one. Yeah. Over that car. Oh, okay. I, I was I was one of your dad's. Um, I helped your dad win a case on that one oh. after, after his passing. Wow. I had to go to court and testify to what car he was driving your on. July, of it. July 14th, 1979, wow. uh, 1974, I had to testify. She's great. That's crazy. What car That is driving. crazy. <laughs> I, I want to know more, actually. I, I, was, was, I was on the – I had to – Harry Gant was on the stand before I was, and Harry Gant – he got the car from Harry Gant. And Doc Brooks 
from Brooks Cycle Center and I sat in a room waiting and he and I were talking about motorcycles and because Doc's name was on the side of the yep. car and so Doc Cycle Center right yeah. see Uncle Randy got me into that oh. into that <laughs> oh the, the the legal uh-huh Uncle Randy got me into that yeah well, he would know gotcha. who would know yeah the, he yeah. would know who would know the truth right well right. I told you I looked up the date that's because we keep a calendar my husband keeps a calendar of uh, every every car. Let me have that one. Yeah. They keep, they keep right. throwing stuff at me. <laughs> <laughs> who, 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 all right. Who did he drive for in 79? Rod Osterlin. Wow, man. Look <laughs> at that. Yeah, baby. <laughs> look at this. That's the Osterlin race team logo. I've never seen that logo. Yeah. Well, that they didn't, this, they didn't make any Dale Earnhardt shirts that season. Yeah. And we were over at Osterlin Racing. We used to go visit the shops, and they had those shirts. And so Rod and Roland Wilotica. Yep. Gave us those shirts. Roland had actually drove the car drove the car in 78 mm-hmm. and then became the team manager in 79 when Dad came in. All right. Then I have another keepsake shirt here that uh, I'm not giving that one out yet. But <laughs> this Man, one. she's coming loose. It's like yeah. Christmas. Yeah, that's right. Oh, like well, we have to go to Kathy's office when we get through here because okay. I've got more. Oh, nice. Okay. Now, this one I need you to look at. Yep. That track doesn't exist anymore. It's Asheville. Oh, Asheville yeah. Motor Asheville. Speedway. Okay, my uh, my husband wore his shirt like this Saturday night to Bowman Gray Stadium. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, I have a shirt like that. The reason I brought this is look at the names of the people. Is it a list of winners? It's a list of people. Yeah. Ralph <laughs> Earnhardt. Ralph Earnhardt's name is on it. So you right. got a bunch of names here. Right. You can hold that up for the camera. And that's a... That's a the uh, 60s. Remember in the 60s. It that was, track now uh, is a walking park. You yeah, can actually correct. walk around the surface I, of it. Yeah. So that one, that was your granddaddy raced yep. there, and I we so I told you know I told my husband I said yeah we we've got two of these. I actually mm. went there one time and tire tested for Goodyear in my old really? model, but I never raced there. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, I was there and Pete Silva was there. Okay, I have mm. I have a show and tell shirt. This is not for Dale. <laughs> This one's, I'm I, sorry. I, but I saw your husband uh-oh. sort of put the block on that. He's like, wait, right. this still fits me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to show it to you. Eventually, it we may come back to you. Okay. Yeah. But not today. Right. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I have to preface that. I not understand today. that. Oh, yeah. Oh. Man, that's awesome. <laughs> Look at this. Show the camera. This is a Dale Jr., Kerry Earnhardt, Kelly Earnhardt. Yep. All the late models. Yep. The, the, the original big three. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Mom and Pops. This is uh, probably 1996, definitely 96. Me and Kelly and Carrie both had uh, Mom and Pops was a sponsor for us. My, underneath the Mom and Pops umbrella, they owned Bennett's Smokehouse Saloon, which was in Hickory, and that was on Kelly's car. Western Steer Steakhouse was on Carrie's car, and Prime Sirloin Steakhouse <laughs> was on my car. Yeah, we all three raced late models for about three years together. And Do you know who I said was the best driver at the time? Oh, Kelly. Kelly. Yep, that's yeah. what I thought, too. I, I don't think you were alone in that, actually. Yep. <laughs> Many people You know why? Because I don't want to build a race cars. <laughs> no, is that right? Yeah. You were building Kelly's race cars. I was building Kelly's cars. The truth. We always laughed that she was the best driver. Yeah. She, was, she was really good, and having no experience, she never raced before she drove late models. You know, well, she, she never ran, ran a go-kart or nothing? She never ran a go-kart. She ran a couple street stock races. Wow. But she was racing mine and Carrie's street stock that we had put through the meat grinder. You know, that thing was beat up. A couple couple of weeks ago, I don't, we were at Bowman Gray, which is where we go on Saturday nights, and somehow the conversation came up with drivers and who was good drivers, and we talked about the three of y'all. And then my husband said, well, you know who was the best all-time female driver he ever saw on short tracks? Aunt Kathy, where are you? There. Aunt Kathy. Aunt Kathy. Aunt never, Kathy? Never oh, yeah. lost a powder puff. You're lying. Why do we not know I this? I am not lying. Aunt Kathy never lost a race. Aunt Kathy slayed her competitors. Yeah. Really? I'm thinking <laughs> slayed her competitors. Just wore them out. Wore them out. No, I, love need, did, did, I love her even more. I love her even more. Didn't need a tire dragon or any kind no. of chemical either, did she? Aunt <laughs> Kathy was the prime lady driver. Where'd you see wow. her run? Concord, Metrolina, every, you know, Concord mostly. But she, she drove in the powder, every powder puff race. And she couldn't be touched. Yeah, Need some and Kathy. she ran against um, you know good good, good cars ladies. with yes. good good drivers. Yes. Um, I wow. remember uh, was it Hodgson brought a car over there, and um, I think his somebody with that deal with that deal with Neil Bonnet. It mm-hmm. wasn't Bonnet's wife, but it might have been Hodgson's wife or somebody. But they had brought in like a. A uh, ringer to try to no, to beat Kathy. Yeah, no. to take <laughs> Kathy out. 
love Are you it. Serious? Look at Kathy's shaking her head. Yeah. Yes. They brought in a ringer to try to beat her, and she just. <laughs> Kathy just beat him just like not, not even close. Not I've close. seen video. I've seen video of that race. Danica, who? Yeah, that's so awesome. <laughs> I'm I'm glad I brought that up. But wow. No, we were just I don't know. We were just reminiscing with some people about you know the racetrack, and that's what we grew up racing. Yeah. I mean, we've lived it all of our life. And you know, my first race I went to was our third date in 1970, and we've been I've been going ever since. Y'all go to Bowman Gray weekly every week. Matthew's over there every <laughs> other week. It seems yeah, like. that's like my uh, favorite place on God's green earth. He's legally but, uh, trying to change uh, his name to, to Bowman right Gray. That. Talk to that bit. Look at the shirt he's got on. <laughs> there you go, right there, the madhouse. Uh, I want to ask you. You said something about you know your early memory there. First time you met Junior was you know playing ma- matchbox cars and whatnot. What's your first Earnhardt racing memory? Whether I don't know if it was Ralph or if it was it was uh, Dale or Junior. What's your first Earnhardt racing memory? Because you're an Earnhardt fan. Well, it was it was Ralph racing because in 1970 at uh, Concord Metrolina. Really? Yeah, because like I said, I just my third date with that man out there. We'll be married 46 years at the end of this month, and he took me the third date to Metro uh, to Concord. And that's where we went every Saturday with the old Concord Speedway, where the most acres is at. And we were, we'd go every Saturday yeah. night. And I did not like Ralph Earnhardt. You did? Oh, really? No. Really? Why? Everybody liked him, I heard. No. Why? No. I was a Chuck Piazza person. Chuck <laughs> Piazza? <laughs> Nobody likes Chuck Piazza. <laughs> I'm kidding. I did. <laughs> no. it's, it all goes back to how skillful a racer that Ralph was. And he could pass you, knock you out of the way, and you never even saw him touch you. But he could knock him out of the way and win. And I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. No, but I, you liked Dale Earnhardt, who just at least you no, knew I, he knocked I, out I, of the way. I liked Ralph, but like I said, I pulled for Chuck, and my husband pulled for Stick Elliott. Stick oh, Elliot. Stick Elliott. <laughs> yeah. Yep. What a and great Stick name. Elliott drove for your granddaddy. Yep. And that's the most I talked to your granddaddy was after Stick started driving for him. Yeah. Okay. And we would go over to Ralph's shop. Behind and Grandma's behind house. Behind Grandma's house. Yeah. And that was funny. But talking about the, one of the memories, one of the times when – after your dad started building his race cars back there in that shop. And we, um, my husband, for our son, that's our son out there too. <laughs> and he, uh, before he was born, we used to go visit race shops through the week. You know, they raced on weekends. So during the week, we'd go visit race shops. And so one night we decided, well, we're going to go to the Dale shop. And uh, we'd go, well, I didn't know if you'd remember, because I went to Weinkauf with him. I heard you mention Weinkauf yeah. a while ago. We went to Weinkauf together. He was really gotten down to my brother's. My brother's two years younger, and he was in school with him at that time. Because he'd failed so many. He failed twice. I that, but you yeah. said it. This is all confirming exactly what yeah. we were hearing what at we were the hearing, beginning. Yes. yes. My brother was two years younger. And Kathy's a year older than I am. But I remember, I knew Kathy at Weinkauf, and Kay was older than her. So I knew both the girls. But we walked in over there at Dale's, and I thought, well, he's not going to, you know, all he can do is ask us to leave. And I go walking in. We go walking in. I remember you. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. He remembered from racing for James Miller. Yep. And then, you know, being at Weinkauf and being around, he remembered me when we walked in. Well, about what year was this? Like how, uh, like what, in, in the, the 90s? In the 70s. In the se- oh, you went to visit a shop in the 70s? In the 70s when he first started, you know, I got his you. sportsman cars. And he remembered you from, from, from being a kid. Yeah, yeah, being a kid and, gotcha. and growing up. And, and that's a, the, one of the earlier memories I have of Dale Earnhardt. Wow. And so then it was a... Almost every other week we came. But I got time for one more funny story. Yeah. Just take yeah, your time. On. Take your <laughs> well, time. The, he used to call me his official, unofficial photographer. Okay. <laughs> and I, because I, after I got a camera, and if he wanted pictures of his race car for to send to somebody to get sponsors, he'd call me up and say, hey, y'all come take pictures. Well, one night I got this phone call. And Kathy will tell you this is the truth. I got this phone call. Get over here with your camera to the shop. And I said, why? Just come. <laughs> so we go over to the shop. My husband and I go over to the shop, and there's a deer carcass <laughs> hanging in the shop. Your dad wanted pictures of this deer's face <laughs> because it had, Wait, a, it had a very unusual look to it. Yeah, it's atypical. It's <laughs> very, because when he had it mounted, he wanted it to be mounted correctly. Oh, yeah. right. Oh, right. So I had to take all these pictures of this deer carcass. <laughs> and, then, oh and then send them to the taxidermist. <laughs> he, I took them back to it. But the funny part of that night, and I think Aunt Kathy will remember this. You know, there was a few beverages involved. <laughs> and he started telling the story about fighting that deer. You know, he shot it. Then he went up to the deer. And the deer was still slashing around and caught him in the leg, in the shin. And he was standing there and he kept trying to pull his pants up, pull his pants up. And his, you know, he jeans wouldn't come up so he unbuckles his jeans and drops his pants <laughs> i look at kathy he said you're a family who cares 
<laughs> to show, and that deer had gouged his leg like you wouldn't believe. Oh my god, <laughs> it was funny. Oh, I thought you were about to say he was like going to strangle it with his belt or something. Or the deer, the deer kicked him, him and he neck. just went wham, punched him. Like he's going to go after. That deer and he had fought to get it. He he literally fought a deer. Is uh-huh. what you're saying? Exactly. He didn't use wow. a gun. Hence the importance on why he wanted to make sure it was mounted right. That, that was personal at that and point. And then I <laughs> I did see it. That was another time I saw you. We had come back from North Wilkesboro at a race, and uh, we had stopped to go in. Um, we stopped at the house up on Lake Norman when y'all were living up at Lake Norman. Yep. And you were there on the floor playing, and we went in. And I'm sitting on the hearth, and that deer is mounted over my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know get, you. I did get to see it mounted. I mounted. remember you. Hi, <laughs> how you been? So that was another time I saw you. <laughs> you look better than you did the last hey, time I saw you. Yeah, like, like you, I said, yeah you're aging well. <laughs> like I, said, I, I saw you a couple times over the years. Yeah. Well, but, uh, I tell you what, you certainly have made yeah. us uh, uh, have a, just a wonderful day. We could swim in this pool of Earnhardt we'll awesomeness all day. Yeah, I know. We need I mean, have some more stories. But uh, you know what? You've got a lot more stuff that we'll uh, show Dale after our show's Correct. over. But this, I, listen, when Dale tweeted this last week, I was like, wow, it must not exist. I mean, he spends hours on yeah. eBay and he, he goes out and, you know, sends his people out looking for shirt. It must not exist if he hasn't found it. And then here you come bringing this thing. And by the way, we don't want to get this mixed up because right. I don't want you to get your... And trouble your husband. This thing has this thing has the greatest thing is you can find all the stuff on eBay and stuff that we want. And you know, I I hunt some, he does on there, and you find stuff that's worn out, Mm. pit sweats, neck collar stains. That darn thing is nineteen seventy nine in the bag. That's impressive. Uh, Yes. I still have what are the number eight in the bag. Wow. What do you mean by that? Like number eight. Ralph eight? I like Ralph Earnhardt? Earnhardt? Yeah. No, it's the Dale, oh, it's yeah. Dale, Dale Earnhardt. Dad's basically Dad's first ever T-shirt. has red. It has a white number eight Nova on it, and it says Dale Earnhardt in red letters, and it's real like 70s font. And uh, Uncle Randy had one of those, too. Mm-hmm. And I said, Uncle Randy, let me borrow that from you. And so I took it, and I had like a hundred t-shirts made. made. <laughs> that the, oh, I know yes. what shirt you're talking about. And I about. gave them yeah. away to like Kenny Schrader and all kinds of people that were friends. After Dad yeah. had passed yeah. away, I was like, I'm gonna have this made, and I'll give it to like Schrader and all his buddies, you know. And but there's, I haven't never seen an original of that. So other oh, than I, the one have, that Uncle Randy had, I have two. Wow. One we've worn, one in a brand new in a bag, yeah. just like that. Incredible. That's awesome. <laughs> there's not any of those around. No, right. I mean that that thing right there is the holy grail. I didn't yeah. bring it today. I, hey. I have it at home. But Well, thank you so much for being yeah, here. Yeah, I appreciate you coming thank by. You. Thank you for being It's been fun just talking yeah. to you. For, I, you know, like, th- I know this means a lot to Dale, but it's been fun just having you here and just l- hearing your stories. And I bet you have many more. And 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 uh, you know what? We'll have you back sometime just to talk about it. <laughs> right? Because I mean, listen, this is just the stuff that we hear about Dale Earnhardt. I mean, just, let's just think about what we've got this week. We've got Dale Earnhardt biting his teacher, skipping school. We got gnashes, you know, legs being gnashed, sewn up, fingers almost off, and now we've got beating up a deer. Be- we got- beating up a deer. <laughs> I mean, this is just Earnhardt awesomeness right now. You're not gonna get better than this. I just want to like uh, find out when they're going to where they sit, Bowman Gray, and I'm gonna come sit with you. Yeah, that's awesome. I I will, I will come sit with you. Under the flag stand. Okay. Front under stretch. The flag. Yeah. Right. No. In the in the horseshoe. Under the flag. Oh. Under the flag. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here, okay. The, yep. In one, two. Right. Under I the horseshoe. I'm section, I'm section eight on the bottom. Nope. We're on the very top row. I, know, I figured you under guys the flag should get pole. together. Yeah. yeah. You and I are oh, going to become friends. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah there's, there's Christmas cards and gifts going to be a new friend. this is over. <laughs> well, listen, thank you, Miss Connie, and thank your family for uh, being here. Yeah. And we'll throw to an Exalted Race Center update. We'll be right back. This is your Exalta Race Center update. I'm Matthew Dillner. Domination was the story Saturday night as defending series champion Martin Truex Jr. swept all three stages of the Cup Series race at Kentucky Speedway to capture his fourth W of the season. On Friday night, Christopher Bell held off Daniel Hemrick down the stretch to win the Xfinity Series race. Justin Allgaier was P3 on the podium and Junior Motorsports' top finishing driver. On Thursday, the Truck Series served up some home cooking in the Bluegrass State. When the bell rang, it was Kentucky native Ben Rhodes who scored his first career truck victory. From the home state of the Kentucky Derby to the Dirt Derby, the Truck Series will head to Eldora Speedway to play in the dirt on Wednesday night. Also this week, New Hampshire Motor Speedway plays host to a big NASCAR race weekend that features the Modified Tour, Xfinity, and Cup Series. Catching up with JRM, the late model team was in action last weekend at Tennessee's King Sport Speedway. Sam Mayer finished fourth and Josh Berry ninth in the Cars Tour event. 
This has been your Exalta Race Center update. Exalta is the official paint partner of NASCAR, developing, manufacturing, and supplying coatings to all types of vehicles and industrial applications. For more on Exalta, please visit exaltacs.com. You know, we haven't done one in a while, and I was thinking about it. Did you see see that? What you got? I don't know which one I like better, but, I mean, A, the sprinkler went off. Yeah. And that was pretty freaking crazy. Yeah. But the, ah, you know, I didn't go to Bowman Gray this weekend, and since we talked about Bowman Gray, I don't know if you saw the link that I sent you to see the video. I didn't. I didn't see the You video. didn't see it? No. AJ Sanders. He gets mad at somebody and goes after this guy. AJ Sanders. Yes. Um, so AJ is running mini stocks now at Bowman Gray Stadium. And you know Bowman Gray, man, when you get oh, into yeah. it with somebody, sometimes you're taking care of business out on the track before you get in the pits and fight. Mm-hmm. And he goes after this guy and goes to hit him under the cool-down lap and ends up spinning, hitting him, and hitting the inside berm and barrel rolls, flips his own car, trying to hit him. I've never seen somebody retaliate and mess up their car. That bad. That bad. Like, worse. That's got to be embarrassing, man. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it would be like going to punch somebody and you miss him and you hit the wall and you break your hand. I remember a couple years ago, Danica was trying to retaliate on somebody and wreck herself, and that was embarrassing, but she didn't barrel roll her car. (laughs) Uh, that that takes that to a whole new level. So that's why having a you ever done Gray? anything like that where you I've messed never, up? That uh, bad? <laughs> no, I've never failed. I've not, you know, I've never failed at retaliating against somebody. Um, <laughs> no, AJ wins that award. The only time that that the only thing that makes me think about re- when I, I wrecked a guy. It's not really the same thing, but I wrecked Stanton Barrett mm, at the stuntman Pike's Peak. Uh, and he'd do nothing. He, I just needed a caution. Oh. And uh, oh yeah, bully. It's probably the yeah. <laughs> it's probably the one time that I'm like, oh man, I, I if that'd be the one I'd take back. I don't think there's many that I'd take back because I never wrecked anybody without reason that I you know, that I thought. Oh, you they didn't have it. They didn't have it coming. Yeah, you needed a caution. It coming. <laughs> that was a terrible, awful, awful thing to do. And so I wrecked him. We go on down, we get on racing some more, and me and Tony Stewart get into it, beating on each other on the racetrack. I ran into Tony Stewart like 15 times, and then he finally fenced me, and they called us to the hauler. Yeah, right. And so I'm in the hauler waiting on whatever this punishment is. I'm just standing in the hauler of the NASCAR hauler. And Tony Stewart and his crew chief were called to the hauler. They haven't got there yet. So Tony Sr. isn't even there yet. Somebody. They got the side door to the holler open, and I'm standing in that doorway. And so this guy walks up, and he doesn't have, like, anything on that I would recognize or a team uniform or anything, and he starts hollering at me. What the hell did you do that for? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I had done forgot. About Stanton. That oh. I had wrecked Stanton, and it was the owner of Stanton's car. Oh. I figured it out later, but I'm standing there going, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, man. <laughs> and he is chewing me up one side and down the other, and I'm just standing there going, I don't remember. What are, you, what are you talking about? I had totally forgot. In all the things that me and Stuart got into in the yeah. back end of that race, I had completely forgot that I had wrecked Stan. <laughs> and uh, he was coming to figure you know figure out what my deal was, and I was completely clueless. Yeah, wow. I didn't think. And I, and then later I'm like, oh, shit. like that was the owner of the car, and I now I feel doubly worse because yeah. I've wrecked the car, and then yeah. I acted like it was no freaking big, big deal, deal to me. Yeah, and um, boy was that. That's completely uncharacteristic of me. Um, and then we had a big old mess in this trailer with fighting. Yeah. Talking about fighting. With Tony Stewart. We ended up getting in a big fight. I mean, not me and Tony, but me and uh, – I tried to fight the crew chief. <laughs> Look, this is the foundation of any good friendship. And then you and Tony obviously <laughs> yeah. went happily ever after yeah. after that. The, to- the crew chief was running his mouth, not Tony. Tony right. come up to me the next week, sat Friday morning, get to the racetrack. He walks up to me in the pits and is like, hey, man, let's squash this. This is, you know, let's race, we gotta race together. Let's race yeah. together. I'm like, I'm good with it. Sometimes fighting, they'll do that, man. I remember one time I got in a fight with this kid, Vernon Leak, in, in grade school. And I couldn't stand this kid. And he was picking on me all the time. And finally, I kind of ended the deal. Yeah. And we hated each other. We go and we're sitting there in the principal's office for five minutes waiting to go in there in that impending doom. And we ended up becoming friends. Yeah, during the wait. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, I had a, did you see that? What you got, man? You know, Dale Jr. and Amy were kind of funny on Twitter this week. And we Dale were? Jr., yeah, I thought so. <laughs> without, like, without trying, without oh, trying. No. One thing I, the guy, I think this is the honorable mention. I think Amy actually wins this, but Dale Jr. had a funny tweet. Uh, somebody, 
tweeting a picture, I guess, from the early 80s of your dad. And Dale Jr. had said, uh, uh, as, as he looks at the grandstands being relatively empty, he says, oh, my God, OMG, look at those empty seats. As sort of a sarcastic <laughs> reminder that maybe we make too much of all this stuff and it's not quite the Armageddon that it is out to. But I think the award for me went to Amy Earnhardt, who tweeted, whoever made up the phrase, don't cry over spilled milk, must not have had it squeezed out of their boobs. <laughs> I mean, is that not an incredible tweet? That wins the, did you see that award? Does I it think not? that wins it. But I'm biased. That, yeah, she <laughs> has to get that, the ribbon on that, right? Hey, if you talk, well, I, I don't even know what to say about that one. I'm kind of speechless. She does not care. She put it out there. That's what I loved about it. She That's, wins my award. Yeah. <laughs> so, did you see that? That's one of my favorite things about Amy is her honesty. And She'll go there. How genuine she is. Right. And by the way, anybody that, uh, any parent that's gone through that experience, also, we'll know you know where she's coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to work for that. <laughs> she had pumped and uh, knocked it, knocked a bottle over. So, oh, oh. Yeah, that's, that's why that, she. That's sent heartbreaking. That, she sent that out right. one. All right, let's do some Ask Junior. It's time for Ask Junior. I got a question. You have a question for me? Hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag Ask Junior. All right, uh, people chiming in using the hashtag Ask Junior, and I've, I've got to start with this one because we just talked about Amy. Amelda wants to know, when are you guys going to have Amy on the podcast? We miss her. I know. We've talked about it since the start of the season about getting Amy on as a guest. She's been a been, little busy. She's been busy, I was just going to say. <laughs> yeah. And uh, when she gets, you know, when that time kind of frees up and, and things get a little further along, all we're doing as we wait to put on Amy on the podcast is gathering content. I mean, yeah. all the stuff she's going through with raising Isla is just more stories to be able to tell when she gets on here. So the wait will be worth it. There you go. Open right. invitation for Amy. All right. Jarrett uh, Zent wants to know, what is the weirdest thing you've ever been asked to endorse? Oh, man. You know, we're really lucky. I tell this, uh, I say this all the time. I have been so lucky through my whole career to be able to align myself with partners that make sense and they're, or they're not hard to to work with or, or or hard products to pitch can you think of one mike i'm thinking right now i mean i they're i mean i know the the, the level of which they're asking for no there's none that are just that like was outrageous never... there's some that have been you know off brand but that's boring and nobody cares about that yeah. i mean uh well what would you consider off brand you know taxes yeah, tax layer. Yeah, I mean, like you know, like, like you know, th how interesting is that? I mean, so anytime we do a production for tax layer, uh, you know, it was it was sort of difficult. But as far as endorsing something, I mean, we try to make a point not to put him in those situations. Yeah, have we ever had to? Pa I, I, you know, there are some. I guess there's some uh, souvenirs that I've seen over the years. Yeah, possibly, you know, yes. that are what, like bad shirts. No, 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 no. like completely like, unusual right. souvenirs. Right, like, like not like, just a bad shirt, but a Dale Jr. lava lamp or something. I don't yeah. know, like like ridiculous stuff something that doesn't that belong. Like, I, something like you, you. I see some things like I guess the the. Be, to be honest, a car seat, a Dale Jr. car seat yeah. for kids, like I would like. I know that might not, I, to me that was really strange. Like I can't believe they're I'm Dale Jr. People, keeping your kids safe. I can't believe people want to buy a car seat with my damn face on <laughs> right, it. Right, right. Um, Raise your kid on this. I just always assumed that when my dad was racing, for the most part, souvenir the souvenir business pretty much stayed inside its own bubble. It it was race cars, diecast t-shirts, hats, mm -hmm. flags, you know. Sports memorabilia. There was race. no like singing mice. Nothing outside the, you know, whenever like Christmas ornaments was a stretch. Right. Now, you know right, now. Yeah. Joe Mattis then came along. Now. And, <laughs> yeah. and said, wait like, a second. It's like they'll put your they'll put you on anything. That Christmas tree needs a Dale Jr. star at the my, top of it. My mom has a stupid Carl. <laughs> Carl Edwards, she bought this thing and was like, oh, you know, the grandkids are going to love it. I'm like, what is it? She pulls it out. And for some stupid reason, she's kept it in a box, which is even stupider. Sorry, Mom. I love you. It's this Carl Edwards mouse. And what? it sings like, oh. bad to the bone. Da, da, da. It's a and mouse And it's like, mouse? what the heck? Why, why would you even, I mean, do that? A Carl yeah. Edwards mouse singing bad to the bone. It doesn't, some of these things don't even That is like sense. the trifecta of oddness. <laughs> yeah. You got the mouse, the song, and yeah. Carl Edwards. Yeah. All of that, right. No three belong right. to... Right. The you know, weirdest not, of that is the Carl Edwards. Not that part. Carl's not bad to the bone. It's just a <laughs> random song that makes no sense. Um, yeah, there are there are some souvenirs that I've seen that were already approved and out where I would have totally 
not let it get made. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you about one more. Well, you know, that moment for me was when they started making souvenirs of, about your uh, your pets. Like, yeah, kill, yeah, oh, yeah, really? Yeah. Killer stuff. I've never seen that one. Killer but shirts. I agree. I was, um, when, when they started making the killer shirts, I wasn't for that. But they ended up really out, he was out selling me in the souvenir store here at Junior Motorsports. <laughs> For a time, but You're really, yeah, for, a time, but, but for the a time, but for killer stuff for a time, was more popular. But but like on the all time list, like I mean, killer outsold Greg Biffle. No. Oh, oh yeah, killer killer was in the top six of all NASCAR drivers. The dog, That's the, the dog. <laughs> this ain't no. <laughs> shit. This is not. This being, is not. This is true. This is true. <laughs> this is not being made up. All right. Good question though. All right, uh, next up, uh, so Kyle Larson, uh, this is from Tyler Partridge, and the reason I use this question, because I love the way he describes this, he says, so Kyle Larson missing driver intros, is there a team fine or punishment, which we all know, you know, some teams will handle things differently, and what if a man had a bad stomach, and this is what I love, and was on the crapper? Yeah, yeah. Didn't that Um, happen? Yeah. All right, so here's the situation, and this uh, this is just how I would handle that. There is no team fine that I know of. It's a it's the driver's gonna take the responsibility. A PR person's also gonna try yep. to take the responsibility. But it and 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 the team owner may say, hey, PR person, you know, you're kind of. Yes. And Mike can attest to that. I can't attest to that. The, the, the PR person is going to take some heat for this, but Jim, the the driver is going to feel the most guilty about it because it's really his responsibility to know when to be at the driver's meeting, even though the PR person is probably going to take the punishment. So e- easy pickings there, right. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. If there's a sour stomach involved, your best bet is to have either O'Donnell or or Helton on your phone, which most of the drivers have one or the other. And before that driver's meeting, you know, before you even get within that time frame, you're telling them, hey, I'm going to miss it. If you're on the crapper and, you know, 10, five minutes countdown to the driver's meeting, you should text them and say, hey, I can't make it. This is why. Totally be upfront, be honest, and they're likely going to give you a pass. Really, I didn't know that. I mean, I think everybody's human, man. Dude, We've man, all been in that situation. Well, I got it. If but. it's a, if it's a, well, they. The one thing is, is there. It's not something that they're going to be like. If they're forgiving and and there's a, the only thing that they're trying to avoid really is for guys blowing it off. Yeah. All right. They 100%. don't want people to blow it off, right? Don't of blow it off. It's serious. If you're you know if you're on the crapper, we're not gonna cause any problems for you. We're not gonna create any waves. But they gotta keep it strict enough or be stern enough to where guys don't just blow it off and don't come at all. So they make it mandatory. But yeah, I think if you were feeling ill or sick, um, make an exception. They make an exception. Have you ever missed a driver's meeting? I can't. Uh, a driver's driver driver's intros. intros or or, or driver's one. meeting. Yeah. Either one to send you to the back. I don't think that I have. Or or just I, been I late on one, right? Yeah, I, I can't thing. remember ever being late. I might have walked in like a minute late, two minutes late. I might have missed because usually I don't know if they even do this anymore. When somebody went, so there's a guy standing up at the front of the driver's like, yeah, meeting with a piece of paper. Yeah, he's like, hey, he's right. He's yep. he's looking in there. Crew he's chief checking of everybody. The eighty-eight. Off. Yeah, he checks everybody off right, and yep. then the driver's meeting starts. They don't even say anything. He's just looking and checking, and then the driver's meeting starts. And if he's if there's somebody on that list he can't see in the crowd, they'll call it out. Yeah. Driver the 22. Yeah. Yep. Here. Okay. Sorry. I didn't see you. Yeah. You know, and, you know, if they get to somebody who's not there, that guy's absent. Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, they handle it. You better have a good reason. That's a good reason. <laughs> All right. Junior Nation Forever. I love these type questions. Oh, yeah. If you could go back and star in any movie that's ever been filmed, which movie would you choose and what character would you play? <clears throat> any movie that's ever been filmed. Yeah, like any in the history of movies. Slink Blade. Nah, probably not, but I'd... I'd Come out for me. <laughs> yeah, they... Probably not, but same actor, Daddy and Them. Daddy and Daddy Them. Daddy and oh, Them. Oh, is that what you... The heck is that? Yeah. Daddy and Them is <laughs> a movie that uh, the same actor, what's his name? Billy Bob Thornton. Yes. Oh. So Billy Bob Thornton's in this movie called Daddy and Them, and it is not, you know, obviously not one of the more popular movies that he did, but I... I can relate to that movie so much because it reminds me of either my family, people I know, my locale, like where I grew up, Concord, Kannapolis, Mooresville, Mm -hmm. all those, Andy Griffith's in there. That's North Carolina. You know what (laughs) I'm saying? Mayberry. The way they are is just so relatable, I guess. It's just a fun, it's a funny movie and there's a lot of, you'll see You'll probably be you. You'll watch it and go. Yeah, I know a guy like that in my family. Yeah, we have we all got that. one. We have that guy. Um, there's a lot of that going on in the movie. 
Uh, and Billy Bob Thornton, he's just great. You know, I kind of want to think that he had a lot to do with how this movie was cast, the story. I don't know. I like okay. him as an actor. I think I love a lot of his movies. So you'd be his role. He, you'd be his role. I wouldn't. I would just want to be cast in it. Just to be a part just of it. Just be a part of it. Kind what? of a kind of a, a supporting. I kind of want to know why he wants to be on Sling Blade. What? Oh. You said Sling Blade. You said Sling Blade, Mike Davis. That was a great movie. Yeah, well, like one of the so like movies one of ever. my favorite artists, Dwight Yoakam and Billy Bob Thornton are right. pals, and He's so so in, good in that movie. Yeah, and Dwight's in a few movies that Billy yep. Bob Thornton has been in. But I think that you know their friendship has influenced that happening, and so I like you know, I like that about Billy Bob Thornton. He gets his buddies in the movies and mm-hmm. has fun. Yeah, he has fun <laughs> doing what he does for a living. That's I, good acting. I think I'd be uh I'd want to be in Tombstone. Oh, good! That would be a good one too, man. Uh, That's one of those movies, like say if you're home sick or something like that, laid up in bed or whatever. If that thing's on or you have it on your DVR, I can watch that thing. And it seems like sometimes that movie's four hours long. Yeah, but I could watch that thing anytime. You know what? I remember going. I remember loving Tombstone and thinking when Wyatt Earp came out. Remember who? Who was Kevin Costner? Kevin Costner. So Kevin Costner, and it's right on the heels of Tombstone. It's like Mm -hmm. maybe a year later at tops. And I'm going to Wyatt Earp thinking. Heck yeah, Tombstone was good. This is going to really be good. And it was literally three hours long. I could not, when I got it, I never checked, you know, and I sat down in the movie theater and I <laughs> better have a lot I'm of popcorn. Sitting there going, holy crap, like I'm ready to leave. And, and it was only, and we plagiarism. Got, we got too. another hour, hour and 15 minutes. I mean, like a lot of the same lines were used in that same movie. I yeah. mean, like it was ridiculous. I was disappointed in Wider. Yeah, Tombstone was good. <laughs> All right, uh, that's it for Ask Junior. All uh, right. That's it. Good, good segment, yeah. Good you know, question. I, I, Let's uh. That's a good segment, guys. Yeah, yeah. Well yeah. Give yourselves you know, a hand. Yeah, Woo. yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about we uh from the flag stand we throw that big old white flag? We can do that. <laughs> Keep coming, bud. White flag, bud. White flag right there. White flag. From the flag stand. If you I never see. saw that uh that metaphor coming. That no. was right out of no. No, that's field. just very original. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, um, <laughs> so how's the crater over there? Can we get? How's the crater over there in the couch? That's something I want to talk to you guys about. Can we get more racing metaphors? <laughs> I don't know if we have. We don't have enough. enough No, our sport. How's the crater? Why have you been sitting here? Yeah. (laughs) Last last week. week. Last week. All right. It's fine. Does it feel different? I didn't know if you sunk in too much and you felt a little uncomfortable. (laughs) It's awkward. You have created some awkward moments today. I'm the king of awkward. uh, No, it's all good. The king of awkward. (laughs) Your new name. Yep. All right. (laughs) If you didn't see JRM 360 last week, Dirty Mo Media Zone, speaking of awkward, did you see what Dillner did last week on JRM 360? Oh, I'm glad. Good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, got yeah. the oh, Corvette. Of course I saw that. Grabbed a bullhorn, then went to Joe Gibbs Racing to go try to sell the Corvette, which we do appreciate that effort, but you can I mean, watch. How did Joe Gibbs Racing respond? Byron, Byron Goggin, who's like a manager over there, he, yeah. he came out. You know, he was looking at his wallet to see if he had any money, but I'm just telling you, <laughs> the echo off the building from that bullhorn, there's people in the shop. They could hear every word. Wow. It was it was a little. It was it, slightly loud. It was loud. You and Carson Elledge went hey, over we there. Had some fun. You can watch that on Dirty Mo Media's YouTube channel. So that was Jeremy 360 last the week. The last two 360s have been really freaking. Oh, you've been impressed. Hilarious. Really? The slide job. Yes. Slide job was funny, man. You hey, know, can I just say? I know say, sometimes you can get sick of that stuff, that, but it was wait, funny. Wait, wait, wait. I will say, I'm going to give you a real attaboy on slide job. Like, wow. At the at the time that I... Th- where'd Dustin go? Dustin, oh, he's, right he's there, gone. He smile- oh, wait, no, no that's, that's not. He look, that's Dustin's look Grant like. looks like Dustin. Grant Bensinger <laughs> looks like at Dustin At the time Lee. that I saw this and that I was hearing a lot of compliments about it, there was a good majority of the people when, in the industry that were ready for slide job to sort of go away. Mm. And... Y'all sort of, even in that, <laughs> even with that unpopular content, you made a really, really awesome, funny video that people thought, yeah, okay, that's really good. Wow, even though good. I've heard Slide Job all freaking week, I, yeah. this I got, I is send pretty you, funny. I got to send you the stuff that hit the cutting room floor. All right. And we won't post it Why? because people are probably, oh, oh, no, it just, it's, it's, it's good. Yeah. We, we, uh, it's good. <laughs> well, if it's good, let's post it. No, no, no. It, <laughs> there's a reason kidding. they didn't make the video. But that, be, you know, we could get sued. Maybe that's one reason. Getting but that, sued is no good. No, no, no you frown on those sued. things. Yeah. Got it. As the boss, I got it. Uh, well, thank you for the compliments on 360. I mean, that feels yeah, Dust, good. Dustin Lee, Dustin Lee's incredible. Dustin Lee's he's, incredible. He's a man. Um, and to be honest with you, uh, well, that's all I got to say about that. But well done with your bullhorn. Um, I don't know what we're doing this week, but we'll figure something out, right? Um, yeah. It should be noticed. So that was uh, Wendell Jr. Dried. 
Uh, it should be noted that they did sell a lot more tickets because yeah, of your work. Sweet. So if you want to buy one, they're now you know running out till August thirty first. WendellJuniorsRide.com is where you can do, go do that. Uh, Better chances than the lottery, man. I mean, I, I played the lottery for the first time in a year the other day, and I was thinking about it after doing that deal. I'm like, man, there's better chances of win that Corvette than this yeah. thing. Mm. So you played the lottery. Yeah, last week. I can't. I can't try to win your Corvette. Uh, no, I'm not eligible. Um, by the way, since we're on this charitable kick, uh, I'll mention this weekend, Dale's going to be talking about and telling people about uh, this new initiative that the Nationwide Children's Hospital is doing in oh, conjunction yeah. with the Dale Jr. Foundation. And I really don't want to say any more than that because it hasn't been announced, ah, but it's coming. It's going to be good. It's coming. It's coming. I, so. I, I, uh, I will say that um, – <laughs> so this race, this past race, this past race weekend at Kentucky, a lot of the drivers were wearing visors. Yeah. For Jimmy Johnson's foundation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Love seeing that. Helmets for Hope. Yep. There was a long list of about 20, 25 drivers that were wearing this visor, and they'll sign it. They'll auction it off for Jimmy's foundation. So check that out. Yeah. You can Google search for Jimmy Johnson's foundation and find out where those visors are and all the drivers. NASCAR on NBC will help get uh, help give Dale Jr. the microphone and it, the platform. What we're going to do with Nationwide Children's is similar. And that's go. what we're going hey, to tell you today. you know, he teased us about teasing him and building up before. My man over here just He's a gave a good tease right, right. there. He, he knows how to tease I, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He can tease. Well, let's uh, end the show before I give him too much information. That's right. <laughs> um, and then I will say that uh, Wednesday going to happen again this week. Are we yeah. doing Wednesday? So Wednesday's on. at 6, though, because the qualifying at Eldora is at 5 to 6. Okay. Oh, so fun. Wednesday is going to be at 6 o'clock. Our guest is Kyle Bush. So be interesting to see what kind of show we have. Wow. So this is, you know, Kyle Bush is, you know, oh, strangely be been in the news recently yes. with his uh, feud with Ricky Stenhouse. And I was wondering, and we didn't get to this on the show. I'll throw it into white flag. It's or, worthy. Do we, make, do we make a little bit too much of this Monday apology thing? It's sort of me. So I made an apology Monday? No. Nobody did. The, or the, fact that he, the, the fact that Stenhouse didn't go calling and apologizing about Daytona and Kyle made it. Big deal about that at Kentucky this past weekend that Stenhouse never called him. I don't know. I'm I'm sort of on Stenhouse's side on this. There's etiquette in the garage that if you wreck a guy, take him out of the race, that you call him. But if is what's the etiquette when if you don't get the call? Is it to you know put him on blast? No. Well, that's what happened. I mean, that's not the etiquette, but it would have never happened had he made the call. Even if I get he it. thinks I agree. I mean, you know, a guy gets out, runs his mouth. The thing is, is like. Every driver, I mean, who knows what was said on the radio about Stenhouse during Daytona. Oh. Majority of the drivers probably keyed yeah. up yeah. and talked some <laughs> about yeah. him. Yeah. Does he have this attitude toward every driver in the field now? Uh, yeah, no. talk too much crap. I no. don't know, man. No. Yeah, he but don't. It was, no. I think he reacted more off of the press conference. I agree. Well, Kyle is a guy that's going to do that. Was yep. he surprised that Kyle said something? I mean, yep. come on. Yeah. It's Kyle Busch. Did I you know. like the fact that uh, I mean you're you're in a different seat? I now. loved you're every, in a different seat. I loved all this. Yeah. All right. I loved right. all this. I thought what Ricky said was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I hope and he, I, I hope it keeps going. I mean, listen, man. I hated it when I was a driver. Even when I wasn't the driver in this shit. I, I when when it was other drivers, I hated it. I'm like, get you know, get your together. Quit giving them content. We're gonna see this all over TV every week. <laughs> Stop it. Right. And now I'm like, y'all <laughs> yeah, keep doing it. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> keep doing this so we can get this on the TV next right, week. Right. And oh, think it, about it. It was one of the <laughs> it was the one of the more interesting things that happened awesome. over the week. You had the 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 sprinkler. You had Truex's car sort of rolling away. The, you had Denny's dash, and then you had this feud. We really the feud had this, was the, great. This is great yeah. stuff. Right. And 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 I, I have to say about it, I, I got to disagree. I love the guy. I agree with like eighty percent of the stuff he says. Kyle, Kyle Petty is yeah. so opinionated, and I, I love want, I love Kyle. I, I want to finish but up that so, deal yeah. right there, saying NASCAR I, should intervene. No, 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 no. NASCAR yeah. can't get in the middle of that. No. Let that happen. Don't, right. NASCAR so should not intervene. You get the last point. I, I, the one thing I want to <laughs> I want to be clear. Like the etiquette is to give a. You know, if you wreck a guy of a race and and you're at fault, the etiquette is to call. You don't have to call. If you don't call, you don't call. I mean, it's not like right. there's a rule. It's it's just etiquette, man. It's what people do. It's what we what we all sort of understand that responsibility. And I think Stenhouse understands that. Okay, so he hears something that he doesn't like from Kyle, decides not to call. I can't say that I wouldn't have done the same thing. I don't know. I mean, if a guy's mouthy, you damn sure don't want to get on the phone with him and talk to him. And they've had some dust ups in the in the in the past too. But there was a whole week, you know, to get mm-hmm. to Kentucky, and I don't know, you know, I mean, I don't know, maybe tried to have reached out and at least said what he said to him in the car, you know, at Kentucky. 
Hey, call him on the phone. Say, man, let's get some lunch together. We both in Mooresville. I got a problem with what you said with me. Why don't we get together? Um, well, if you've got 30 calls to make, maybe one slides to the has crack. Two, he only <laughs> really has Poor that Ricky. one call to make. I mean, that first wreck yeah. was Ricky's responsibility because he, the two spun off his nose, but that's plate racing. Those yep. happen all the time. That yeah. wasn't really, oh, you screwed up and you're, you know, everybody hates Ricky now. That was just a wreck at, at Daytona. The second one was the one that was a little, yeah, he's I, a little more responsibility there. Even though you don't want to call a guy and, even, and the guy's mad and gets out and goes, that dumb idiot wrecked the hell out of me and everybody else what a freaking hole well anytime you get wrecked in a race you fly off the mouth i mean people say stuff mm -hmm. so that's i mean i think that if he had called earlier in the week it wouldn't uh, we wouldn't have got what we got and you know it wouldn't have steamrolled into kentucky i'm glad it did because i'm in tv and yeah. it was great thank you you know and kyle in true kyle fashion through a zinger that was so good. In his point saying, when they asked him about Ricky, they were like, I don't worry about people that far in the back. I just, it's a I'm like, Kyle, please don't ever change. You are, <laughs> it, it, awesome. it would make me irate. Never. Don't uh, change. Kyle is never going to change. No. And we saw, we saw a side of Ricky in his interview that will never change. That's Ricky Stenhouse. Like, he ain't going to take no and he's going to go up and tell a guy. And I didn't know that about and him. He, oh, yeah. yeah. He's a little sawed-off <laughs> badass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He ain't going to take – He's road bulls. He is. He's a, he's, he's road bulls. So, um, <laughs> that those two guys, you know, neither one of them is going to back down from uh, – I got one more question about that, though. Was Ricky wrong or right by going to Kyle's car in the qualifying? That was unusual. It, when, when he was about to go turn There's his no qualifying wrong, lap. There's no wrong or right there. No. Okay. Okay, no opinion on yeah. that. I okay. mean, if you're going to talk – in the media, you got to be ready. Yeah, I mean, everything—it's free game, Anything. wide open. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fertile ground, open, open territory, yeah. open season. So, yeah, all right. Hey, I think that was a good show, guys. I mean, we had show. a little bit of everything. That was the longest white flag lap. The longest white, white flag. flag, but you know, sometimes we go to these big tracks. It takes a little longer to get around <laughs> than the last time. Thank you, Dale. Awesome stuff, Dillner. Well done. And that's a wrap on the Dale Jr. Download. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.